Sean, I just want to say we're really glad to have you here with us. Thank you for bringing the word. So welcome to First Presbyterian Church. Thank you very much, Pastor, and the leaders of this church uh, for having me here this morning. I'm privileged to be here with you. As you can tell from my accent, I'm not from Muskogee, Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm from Harare, Zimbabwe. And uh, thank you for being here this morning, I'm sharing with you the same message that I shared in all the services at Kirk of the Hills last weekend. And uh, our country is experiencing tough times. We are facing a pandemic that has changed life as we used to know it. There are racial tensions and racial divisions in our country. People are seeking for answers. These are trying times for everyone. And we believe in the authority of the scriptures and that it is the rule for our lives. So this morning we will turn to the scriptures that we have just read to see what the scripture says about the current situation that we are facing. There were some problems in the early church at Jerusalem. There was division between the Jews and the Gentiles. When the Gentiles were saved, it was hard for the Jews to accept them. At some point, Peter was asked to go to the house of Cornelius, who was a Gentile. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 27 to 29, Peter said, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. It was hard for the main apostle, brother Peter, to go into a house of a Gentile, for he knew the laws and what the laws said. And it had to take divine intervention. God had to give him a vision and say, Peter, chill down. It is okay. It is me who is behind this. The main problem was that the Jews, they wanted the Gentiles to become Jews first before they can become Christians. They were demanding that they be circumcised first. And therefore, the Jews segregated themselves against the Gentiles and did not readily accept them. And in our text this morning, it kicks off by saying that Jesus, for he himself is our peace, verse 14, who has made the two 
One, how much we need to hear this today. Our cities are burning. There is anger, racial tensions, senseless killings, senseless looting and destruction of property and monuments. There is chaos everywhere. But we love the words that we hear, that for he himself is our peace. Peace is not in legislation. Peace is not in uh, ordinances only. But we are being told that Jesus himself is our peace. He is our peace today. Where there is chaos, Jesus is our peace. The answer is not in the media. Verse 14 makes it clear that Jesus is our peace. The Old Testament scripture that we read in the book of Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6 of the, those chapters that we read, it says, And he will be called Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And the word shalom used here, it means an, an appearance of tranquility and calm. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. I love this hymn that we sing. What peace we often forfeit, or what endless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We only get peace in Jesus Christ. We have a lot of mental issues that have come across because of COVID-19. High unemployment, broken relationships on the rise. Some relationships were already broken but because we had to leave the house at eight or nine in the morning, each going separate ways. But now we are to work from home and we are 24 hours together. Those cracks that were there before, they are now more pronounced. We are seeing a lot of relationships broken nowadays. What is the answer to all these things? Jesus is the answer. Not only is he the answer, we are seeing fear. And God's peace brings us comfort. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, we were not given the spirit of fear. And the command that is given the most in the Bible is the command, fear not. It is not God's will for us to live in fear. Anyone or any doctrine that promotes fear is not from God, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Like I said, 2 Timothy verses 1 to 7. He is the one that spoke to the storm. When there was chaos, when there was panic, when there was fear, when they did not know what to do, he spoke to the storm 
peace be still. And there was peace. And this morning it is our heart cry that in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this madness, that he can still speak these words, peace be still to America. And there can be peace and there can be restoration because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today and forever. He doesn't change, he is God. His voice can once again bring peace to our beloved country. Peace be still. And in verse 14b, it says, he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Now in the temple, there was a wall that separated the inner court and the holy of holies. And only the high priest could go past that wall in order to intercede on behalf of the people before God. And here we are seeing that Jesus came and destroyed that dividing wall of hostility. He went once and for all into the Holy of Holies before the throne of God and offered for himself as a sacrifice once and for all. And the Bible says, while he was on the cross, the veil of the temple was broken from top to bottom, signifying that it was an act of God. It was God reaching out to mankind and the way to the throne of God was opened on the cross. He broke that wall that you and I can have access to the presence of God, access that was denied because of the sin of Adam. Amen. So the first wall that he broke was the wall that separated mankind from God. And the book of Hebrews says, he is the sacrifice that was offered once and for all, so much that there is no longer need for the blood of animals. His blood, when he was shed on the cross, it offered for our sins once and for all. And we are justified before God because of his blood. And when he broke this wall, he also broke a second wall. In the temple, there was a wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews would go and worship in the inner court and the Gentiles were not allowed into the inner court. Some Bible scholars, they say that if it happened that a Gentile would go into the inner court, they would be sentenced to death. That's how bad it was. So the Gentiles would be content by listening from the outer court. So we saw the first wall that Jesus broke was the wall that separated mankind from God. And the second wall that he broke 
was the wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles. That was the wall that separated mankind from mankind. Amen. Jesus first reconciled mankind with God. And therefore, at the same time, he reconciled mankind with each other. True reconciliation comes with a change of heart that is brought about by having accepted Jesus in, his, in your life. Racial tensions can only be addressed by addressing hearts of mankind. The cross was where the price of sin was paid. True reconciliation only happens at the cross. Animosity was replaced by love at Calvary. And verse 17, he came and preached peace to those who were far away and to those who were near. This was also illustrated by the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, which says to go and make disciples of all nations, not only the Jews, but all nations. We see initially the Jews, they thought that they were the only ones who were entitled to worship God. They believed that they were the only people that were meant to be the people for God. But we see when Jesus comes on the scene, he's now teaching his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, not only Jews. And in Acts, they are uh, commanded that the preaching was to start in Jerusalem and end into the uttermost parts of the earth, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, meaning that the gospel was for everyone, for all nations, for all people of the world. This is referring to the near and to those far away. All nations become one in Christ. He declares in John 14, verse 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other name by which man can be saved, Acts 4, verse 12. True peace and reconciliation comes only through hearts that have been changed by Jesus Christ. So it meant that that wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles had been broken, it had been torn down. The problem with the Jews is that they wanted the Gentiles to become Jews first, like I said earlier on. They saw the Gentiles through Jewish lens. Let me give you an example here. When I initially came into this country in 1996, December 1996. The school where I went to, people would talk about suffering from allergies. Now, when you talk about allergies in Zimbabwe, it's a minor thing. It's not a big deal, allergies in Zimbabwe. So I didn't understand this when they said I'm suffering from allergies. In my mind, I thought, are these people so weak? What's wrong with these people? What was my problem? 
I was trying to understand allergies from the perspective of a Zimbabwean person and not from the perspective of somebody living in Oklahoma. And then a few months, one of my boys who was four years old then when we came, he started suffering from allergies. We had to take him for the allergy skin test and they had to put all those needles in his back, trying to find out what was he allergic to. And then he had to use the nebulizer and then he had to use the inhaler. So I started to understand a little bit about allergies. Uh-oh, this is a big deal. A few years down the line, I started suffering from allergies. Itchy eyes, itchy ears, stuffy nose, everything sneezing. And then that's when I understood allergies from an American perspective. But as long as I tried to understand it from the Zimbabwean perspective, I didn't understand it. So we shall see later on in our message this morning, one of the things that we can try to do and understand other people is not to try and look and judge from our perspective as I did with the allergies. Jesus builds us into a new household. That's the most exciting part of the message. The walls and the breaking down of the walls, it's kind of hard stuff. But after Jesus had broken the walls that separated man from God, and after he had broken down the walls that separated man from mankind, he builds us into a new household. Verses 18 to 19. For through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We all become members of his household, irregardless of color, irregardless of where we come from. We become members of his household. And Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, we are a chosen people, God in Christ Christ, created a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We are a united nation made up of different ethnicities. We are not permanent residents, but we are citizens of God's kingdom. In many countries, in many third world countries, people are fighting to come to the USA. People are struggling. They want to come here. Why? It's because this is a blessed country. We have some bogus agencies that actually scam people of money in some third world countries. They say, if you pay us so much, we can facilitate for you to get a green card. Or if you pay us so much, we can make you win the diversity lottery so that you come to the USA. Why? It's because this is a blessed country. That's why the devil is fighting tooth and nail to divide and destroy this country. And when my wife and I finally became citizens, when we finally got those blue passports, to know that we have the backing of the constitution of the US government, not only that, 
but to know that you can go in and out without applying for visas and to realize how many countries we've passed through and we are no longer required any visit visas because we hold the U.S. passport. And Paul is saying here to the Ephesians, you are not only citizens of Ephesus or of the Roman kingdom, but you are citizens of a higher kingdom, a more powerful kingdom, the kingdom of God. Amen. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, verses 20 and 21, with Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Jesus holds everything together. It all fits together in him. He is at the center of it all. We are not just a mere church in the middle of Siloam Springs, but the Bible says here, we are a church built on the foundation of the apostles. That's why we believe in the Apostles' Creed. That's why we confess it. We are built on the foundation of prophets, some of whom sacrificed their lives for this gospel. We are not just a mere fly-by-night church, but we are a church built upon the foundation of the apostles. We believe in their teachings. We believe in what they believed. And the Bible says, seeing now that we have a cloud of witnesses, those that went before us, those that believed what we believe. What does this mean for us in conclusion? Verse 22, and in him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Every race, every nation, every tribe to become a dwelling place for God. We are the temple of God. We become one in Christ. What can we practically do as a result of this teaching this morning? Three things, quickly. Looking in, let us ask God in the quietness to search our hearts. Psalms 139 verse 23 to 24. Ask God to show you walls that are in your life that need to be brought down and repented of. David pleaded, pleaded with God to be shown the dark areas of his heart. Number two, looking up. In these evil days, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and repent of their sins. This is a time when we need to come before God, humble ourselves and pray for our country and cry for our nation, for all this chaos to stop for all this chaos to come to an end, all this destruction and confusion to come to an end. And if we pray, God will heal our land. And the third thing, reaching out, find somebody of a different ethnicity, try to learn their history and their story. Being uni united doesn't mean being the same. Be intentional. Be willing and listen to them and learn from their history and story. Amen. And in conclusion, John saw a multitude in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. He saw a multitude that no one could count from every nation and tribe 
people and language standing before the Lamb. If you think you have had a funny accent this morning, there will be lots of funny accents there. That's the vision that John got. People from every tribe and every nation before the throne of God. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. May God bless you.